again. Welcome to the Doomer Optimism Podcast. Today I have L in Chaos. L in Chaos. So some of you might know of L in Chaos from Twitter. Uh, L uh, talks about uh, her philosophy of the Neolithic re Renaissance, which we'll talk about. And Chaos, Chaos Prime on Twitter is just one of the most fascinating uh, accounts I've been following for several years. And I'm just super excited to have them on. And it's relevant to this podcast as well, because they're starting what's called the World Tree House, which is kind of this off-grid, I believe, community. Uh, and there's a lot of very interesting elements which we'll talk about. So without further ado, welcome, Ellen Chaos. How, how are you both doing? Thank you. Thank We're you. Very doing well. good. Doing good. Great. Great. Um, so let's start. If you both, uh, you know, maybe Ellie, you go first. Talk a little bit about your background and just kind of everything leading up to to where where you guys are now, and then and then chaos will let you go. Okay, um, so I have been, I guess, one of my mother's books that talked about Native American spirituality <laughs> in a cheesy sort of way would say I have snake medicine, which means I've lived through multiple snake bites and transformed. Uh, through them and become wiser through them and um, 20 years of my adult life I've really uh, just been on an intense an intense search to find meaning and live through a lot of really hard things and that's finally begun to pay off for me um, actually just really recently I, I recovered from long COVID and um, I have a sense of integration with my mind and my body and my spirit and everything together that um could only come from like 20 years of that seeking and uh, having multiple traumatic experiences and wounds and recovering from them um so that's a, that's me i i did uh try to get a phd in philosophy a couple times and drop out um but you know as far as uh conventional achievements that's about it um i think so, dropping out of a phd is probably more prestigious than finishing a phd <laughs> at this point is yeah. it I, yeah shows it shows you're not a sucker i'm rick van winkle like i don't know <laughs> they probably jam, jam you down this particular you know little thimble of of knowledge and and especially i think for people who want to branch out uh dropping out is a sign that you, you did that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just too constraining. And I, I think a lot of people with sense would agree with that. Yeah. And um, so I had been trying for a long time to put together a couple separate and intense quests that I'd been on, spiritual and mental quests. And one of those quests was spiritual and existential and, you know, your basic what is the meaning of life? Why am I here? Fear of death, all that kind of stuff. And then the, on the other side, there was um, what's happening to our world. Where is our, what's the future of our society? Like it doesn't look, it looks kind of grim to me. And so I was following both of those threads at once. And I felt, I understood deeply that they were, part of the same thing but I didn't know exactly how mm -hmm. um and that's become over the past couple of years which is which have been a time of intense transformation um like 
more so than any other time in my life. Um, I've been putting together not just myself, but also those threads and it's been fitting together for me and I'm seeing how these things are related. Um, and the Neolithic Renaissance was just kind of a phrase that hit me when I realized how it all fit together. Um, and I'm not sure how how much in depth we have time to go in for this or how much you want to go in depth with this specific aspect, but this is kind of we should like do you know a quick minute on it now and like okay. dig into it later out, out of the background. So, yeah. yeah. Um I'm new to being online like this. So um anyway, uh Basically, the way I see them fitting together is that I I tweeted, like, one of the tweets I'm most proud of, it didn't get a lot of attention, but one of the tweets that I'm most proud of, my tweets, is um, that techno-capital is a spiritual Faraday cage. Mm. Um, and I I feel that in order to solve the problems our society faces, we absolutely have to be able to see outside of the anthroposphere the human worldview that kind of navel gazing that humans are just intrinsically prone to we have to understand like physically where are the things that we that make up our lives where are they coming from physically like trace for example something you eat where did that thing originate how did it get to your house what processes did it go through like modern society people are almost totally unaware of those things and I, I think it's the same kind of unawareness that we have about who we are spiritually and taken together this kind of blindness is how we ended up in the predicament we're in okay cool cool um and we'll we'll get maybe uh we'll get more into where that's leading now in, in, a, in a little mm -hmm. bit I just want to comment real quick um, that uh, that seems very aligned. Everything you've said seems very aligned with with Thumor optimism, uh, both both in kind of the existential sense of something's a little bit off uh, uh, about our current day society, but also like get, getting real practical. Uh, where's the water, water come from? Energy, food. Uh, so that that all sounds that all sounds right in line. Um, Chaos, you want to go? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm a guy who came from the country originally uh the middle of nowhere illinois uh and hated it back in the day and just wanted to to percolate inward toward the the cities and uh, i'm kind of reversing that now um and like obviously was going to be a techie uh, my talents were for uh working with computers you know programming computers uh definitely playing video games that was that was one of my my big talents and uh <clears throat> So I, you know, I, I migrated around and, and like, uh, eventually through a series of, uh, life explosions and, and so forth wound up, uh, around New York city, um, was, uh, you know, like coding in, in Manhattan for a fair amount of time. Um, I don't know, became, uh, some kind of happy-go-lucky street occultist uh in my late teens after a, a period of uh aggressive 
reductive materialism coming out of reading uh, too much like 50s through 70s science fiction um but then kind of got that out of my system and started thinking about the uh the the stranger spookier edges of uh you know what's what's going on in the world and that's that's certainly led me some places well, but, well, uh, the og post rats right i yeah i mean yeah maybe maybe second generation like the the og is really like uh literal banana and, yeah and, and saint rev um and and uh david chapman but like mm -hmm. i was i was there pretty pretty damn early and i, I kind of i kind of i do feel like the the post rat scene like grew up around me um like you know people are like how'd you get here i'm like i i was here you all showed up mm -hmm. yeah um but uh yeah i became yeah. just uh i became aware of that sphere maybe in 2000 18 19 something like that and you were you were already pretty central to that scene at that time yeah yeah and i had been following it but not participating in it since 2010 yeah wow. okay yeah and john Fillion originally had to uh drag me kicking and screaming onto twitter because <laughs> my concept of twitter was the same apparently as the founders of twitter was that like it was someplace where you would go and see like had oatmeal for breakfast this morning, which I mean, you you can do, but there are there are significant other applications uh, for it, um, and you know, I, I turned out to be a, a pretty good fit for it, so that was you know pleasing. Yeah, but, uh, and then then you know, I I met L, uh, and like like right right when COVID was hitting, um, and mm -hmm. so we we wound up uh, jammed into a little apartment in Jersey City together, um, so that was uh, a a real you know, transformative experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. I went through an ego death then and um you know the the fallout from that lasted a while, but I'm finally stabilizing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. L L your 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 long COVID, did that did that occur pretty early? I mean did you did you get that pretty early on uh in the pandemic or was it kind of later on? What was uh, it it was it was later on. The, it was like you know in the middle later um I had issues, I had health issues that were similar to long COVID actually, just incidentally, um, before I I met Chaos. And when I moved in with him, the ego death somehow cured me, it rewired my system and cured me of those issues. But then I got COVID um, back in February of 2022. And it not only brought back those issues, but multiplied them by like some, I, I became bedridden basically yeah it just brought everything just roaring back worse than it had been. yeah yeah um, but i'm i'm done with that now i i still have some health issues but not long COVID anymore and i'm discovering i have a gift for for healing yeah yeah nice. myself yeah. first and then heal other people yeah nice and we basically um you know looking at the situation with with COVID and so on uh i decided that it was, you know, I think both of us had had an idea that it would be good to, you know, uh, get out away from the population centers and, and yes, build something yes. uh, at some point. Yes. And, you know, after after all got hit like that, you were just like, you know what, it's it's time. I'm calling it. Um, right. Because as soon as I got long COVID, I started doing some research on Twitter into covid and what was going on with it and it turned out that the mainstream media and the government agencies have been covering up a whole lot 
and the situation is really severe. COVID is not over. It never has been over. And I thought, oh, I mean, I, I'm not going to survive another round of this, um, nor do I want to. So let's go out and get away from this and protect ourselves. And Matthew, uh, I'm sorry. Um, no, you, maybe you want to share your experience a bit about the uh, cognitive issues or that you would have suffered from, from some. Yeah, like I. Um, I definitely felt like I had, you know, lost 20 IQ points at some point uh, from the, like, I, I kind of, some mix of COVID itself and the, the Myrna vaccines, and that's, it's kind of unclear to me. I'm, I'm not a fan of, of Myrna vaccines, I think. I like Novavax. Um, yes, but uh, we're a Novavax household. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, feeling fairly recovered from that, but I, I, I definitely felt like significantly disabled and like you know full of brain fog and whatnot yeah so i decided we need to move away and i want to protect everyone from covid so i did a bunch of research to find out how to do so and now we have protocols that we stick with and you know once you get used to it it's fairly easy and straightforward yeah it's not super onerous or anything mm -hmm. yeah okay so so in terms of sometimes we frame the podcast discussions as like what is your sense of doom? And then we get towards your sense of optimism. And so the doom was definitely kind of, you know, um, COVID and perhaps future pandemics. Uh, and you said, uh, Chaos, that you were you, you you both had been kind of thinking about getting out of population centers earlier, even before COVID. Like what other, I guess, things are you, are you, do you think there's a lot of uncertainty about in terms of our, say, life support systems? I mean, I, I definitely had a, a, a pre-COVID sense of doom, um, mostly from looking at the global economic system and being like, wow, like there's there's a lot of stacks of houses of cards in this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I'd say I kind of had to do some convincing. I'm more of the doomer. That's why I yeah. I insisted on first building here because I'm more of the doomer and <laughs> I kind of have dragged chaos down into a bit of doom with oh, me. Oh, am I the optimist and the doomer optimist? You're more <laughs> the optimist. Yeah, well, what happened basically was when I did the research, for me, I always had a sense of doom, but it wasn't front and center. But when I got the long COVID, which was extremely severe for me, and I did the research on what was going on with COVID and how public health was basically failing everyone, mm -hmm. that's when I realized if this is how re we respond to like basically a test run, which yeah. is this minor pandemic, how are we, we going to respond to climate change it's not going to be good work yeah and that's when i thought we need to change our, our way of life and our lifestyles yeah covid really demonstrated that our yes. institutional capacity has been completely hollowed out so, right yeah. right okay okay so so let's let's move on to you decided to to move uh to a new place uh why don't we pick up from there sure uh well, we we were looking at um, uh, places in in Minnesota uh, because of, of uh, basically ties that I have here, um, and there's there's a lot of reasons that uh, like Minnesota is is resilient to uh, like the the patterns that we're seeing in climate change and whatnot. Um, it looks to make out better than a lot of places, and where we are is is one of the uh, places in the country that catches on fire the absolute least. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, that's cool. And after uh, after Bex and Half got burned out in California, that was kind of uh, prominent on my mind. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, but, 
and like Elle had been talking to me about uh, a place that her her grandmother had uh, had it was the family has it's a family home in in Maryland uh, that was a a place of power for Mm -hmm. for her grandmother and, and the family and I was like well, she should have a place like that. And so I went and like, I, we had been looking at some different places on Zillow. There was this one, uh, this one place in Carver, Minnesota. Uh, if anybody wants to buy a, a hunting lodge for rich weirdos, uh, look, look for homes available in, in uh, Carver, Minnesota. But, um, but after thinking that I went on Zillow and w- the, the place we're in now just, just pops up and is like, wow, that's, that's gorgeous. That's really nice. Uh, great for our purposes. And so we we had uh, uh, Jen and Jimmy, uh, the the other two people who were living here full time, uh, who were in Minnesota at the time, come down and look at it because we were still in, in Jersey City there, um, and they were just like, yeah, like for what you're talking about doing, like this is this is perfect, and mm-hmm. and and just bold forward on that. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, could I say a bit about what I'm doing with my um, professional development here? And, sure. So I have never had a career or much engagement with the working world, which um, some would say is luck. And I, I would say no. I, it's I, it's it's important to have meaning and to give back and to be doing something in the world. And um, I had been struggling for my entire life because of circumstances to get to the point where I can do that. And I found my calling in this and um, we're building a meditation circle Yeah. and we've got a massage room in here. Um, (laughs) We've got an outdoor hot tub and um, I want to basically offer a service here where I will be doing energy healing, um, massage, guided meditation, that sort of thing. Um, if people want to come out here for a weekend or a week of just healing, because this property too is is perfect for healing. Everything is perfect for healing. And that's why um, my at for this property, which I'm just getting started because I just recovered from the long COVID. So I'm just getting started um, and really pulling people together for this community and focusing in on our goals. Um, It's at World Tree Health. So it's not just a place to um, rebuild before the collapse, as I like to say, but it's also a place for healing. Yeah, it's a very nurturing place. Uh, It was put together before we moved here. It was uh, this uh, bed and breakfast that uh, another guy from the East Coast had uh, put together. And it's just it's a, you know, incredibly nurturing space. The the building clearly loves people. Mm. And so so do the woods, the trails, the woods with the trails. Yeah. 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 It's. Yeah, it, it, it's a great space for for people to come to, I think, and 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 just like yeah, like Elsa says, get some get some healing, get some rest and recuperation. Nice. So, okay. So, yeah. and that the, you and you'll be offering that uh, shortly, or when when's the... I would say within the next month or two. Um, okay. okay. And you'll be putting that, I assume, on Twitter and letting people. Know. I do have the account. The account's there. Um, okay. It's not fully active, but it, I've put a couple things up and. Um, yeah. It should become more active in the next next couple of months. Yeah. I love the phrase rebuild before the collapse. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Uh, it, it reminds me of the term that the the social anarchists use prefiguration, which which kind of yeah. brings mm-hmm. a similar tone of like, okay, there's there's kind of two levels. There's one uh, escape, um, you know, retreat. 
but then there's the other well well you know okay if, if you can survive some kind of apocalyptic scenario for a year or two that's great but you won't have much to move back back out into but if you start um cultivating the patterns of life and community that you know would actually uh help rebuild <laughs> yeah yeah that, that that's to me that's just a much more positive yeah life yeah. affirming way to think than than always being kind of defensive retreat mode like this, that's part of it but you know it's it's much more kind of to me uh agentic yeah, oh yeah oh yeah I, I think the you know, kind of corresponding thing that, that i really like is the idea of a, a scavenger society that doesn't wait for the precursor civilization to fall yes and that's funny i was just going to bring something similar to that up so i kind of have a little i guess maybe thought experiment or a scenario that i really like to play around with and that is that what if in order to create a more ideal society for human beings for our species what if the only way to get there because so far technology the high technology that we've developed has has only been disseminated and developed through one single global monoculture basically and what if in order to develop an ideal civilization that includes technology, that big like puffball needs to be broken up into spores that will develop mm. separately and almost compete with it with each other through natural selection mm -hmm. to create a society that not only has technology but can live in harmony with the environment. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. The thought experiment. Yeah, that's interesting. What what comes to mind is there's this movement called called cosmolocalism, which is which is kind of like this idea that you share, you know, knowledge, scientific knowledge, technical knowledge over the internet, but but really you're you're trying to apply your technology in very kind of specific contexts in, in more localized exactly. right. maybe to tech. Um you're not on your own trying to like, you know, uh, reinvent the wheel uh in your own little you know hollow or whatever but um you are you are developing more distributed tech that's that's less capturable by uh monopolistic uh forces right um I'm curious if that, if that resonates with what you're saying or if, it, if it's different oh, i think very much so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I support i mean practically i support shorter supply chains i support um lower tech uh for food and agriculture not lower innovation just lower tech yeah. and higher tech for other things like uh information technology communications um and you know i don't have clear positions on all of it yet but those are yeah. definite stances <laughs> i take yeah that, that seems pretty reasonable to, reasonable to me i mean i i do think any viable future will be a mix of high tech, low tech. Yes. Um, like, like we need to recover in the low tech sphere. The, you know, the things that rehumanize us, um, get us back in touch with the seasons and uh, um, the land and all that. But you know, the the return the the returners with the V. Um, I, I just think that they're <laughs> the delusional. You know, yeah. <laughs> in some way, you just can't go back. Just like nature itself, you can't go back to some pristine wilderness. Yeah. 
uh, you know, the, the cat's out of the bag. We have all of these new species from all over the world. Um, we have to work with them and use them. Yeah, we definitely want to like promote engagement with the land, with with the the community, and so on. But like, mm -hmm. but yeah, definitely not in a primitive primitivist kind of way. Uh, like we, you know, we we want to have our tech. We we want to you know work out ways that, uh, like El was saying, with we it can be implemented with short supply chains and like otherwise uh, like localized. Uh, I wonder what, what the. Uh, uh, the Cosmo localism uh, movement is there. Is their motto uh, "develop locally, implement or, or develop globally, implement locally"? Yeah, that's basically the motto: design globally, uh, uh, build, uh, manufacture, manufacture locally. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, sounds, sounds like our people. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah, we're at, we're actually going to be interviewing a, a guy, Michelle Bowens, who's one of the has been one of the leaders of the movement uh, in a couple of weeks and. Yeah, that'll cool. be pretty cool. Uh, it's taken off more in Europe. You know, it's big in like like the European cities like Barcelona and where they're trying all these things. But you know, I think that there's there's some potential there for sure. Great. Um, I don't know how much time we have left, but there. Um, good chunk. We're good. We're, we have plenty of time. Um, plenty I also time. wanted to introduce another part of the Neolithic Renaissance philosophy, which hit me after I read a book. I don't know if you've heard of a book called Epidemic of Absence. Uh, I have not. Okay. The book was about how basically um, our immune systems developed not in contact with RNA viruses like COVID, like some people are saying, but our immune systems developed with what they call old friends, which are helminths, worms, and beneficial bacteria and fungi. Um, and that having cleansed our environments of those old friends, um, our immune systems often end up going haywire. And the hypothesis is that's why there is so much autoimmune disease and allergies today. Um, and when, after I read this book, I'm like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. But I think that there's also a broader epidemic, like you could say a pandemic of absence. Mm -hmm. um, and this is how I think of it. Um, people complain about how modern society is too complex. That's something that David Chapman talks about a lot, right. that like people don't even have the IQ to maintain modern civilization. Um, but this got me looking at the opposite end of that or the other side of that coin, which is that there's not just too much of stuff in modern society, but there's also even worse, I think, is the lack of things, the lack of things that we need to be sane human beings. Yeah. And that includes not just beneficial bacteria and path like so-called pathogens, but also it includes ritual, which you know a lot of people in this community are into. And um maybe maybe shamanic traditions, that kind of thing, um, human connection, like so much of the things that make us human um you know, intergenerational knowledge, that type of thing, have just really been lost. And 
that's just as much, if not more, of a problem than the complexity, I would say. Yeah. And so part of my philosophy is, you know, we can't recover the past, but we can make prosthetics for that. Or we can, you know, reobtain the elements of, of the past that, yeah. uh, that we that we turn out to need. Yeah, that too. You know, mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, like, we can, we can certainly, like, not everything that we've abandoned is, like, you know, it has to be forever. We can have like, abandoned things experimentally. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think some of the experimental abandonments, you know, are can be called failures at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like what you're describing, Elle, is kind of there's a lot of complexity, but there's not a lot of depth. We, we've kind of yes. The other and and I, I would maybe add part of it why we can't we can't deal with the complexity. Part part of it's just it's very complex, but like. We, we just because we don't have the depth we don't have any kind of foundation to mm -hmm. even yeah. uh yeah. maybe even more intuitively navigate the complexity because we've we, just been as you say our culture you know our traditions have largely been hollowed out um uh, etc um yeah I, I i would totally agree with that i mean that's yeah it's a big it's a big topic <laughs> topic yeah. of, of this podcast but i hadn't i hadn't heard it kind of framed that way of like kind of the the flip side of too much complexity is not, not enough of this. So that's that's really cool. Um, cool. I want to hear more about uh, what you're doing at this place. So you have this healing center. Um, I, I know that that you all are planning to kind of develop various kind of food system kind of uh, stuff. Uh, do you want to talk about kind of what your plans are for uh, like agroecology, food production? Stuff like that. Uh, sure. That's I. Uh, I will say a little bit about it and then let, let chaos talk. Um, sure. That unfortunately has been kind of pushed toward the medium term instead of the short term agenda here because we have a farmer who's renting part of our land to grow crops right now, and we're focused more on construction of the buildings and structures that we need here right now um but we do have some hens yes uh laying hens and we're growing some uh some a little bit of you know like food vegetables tomatoes i'm not sure of herbs that sort of that sort of thing yeah. so yeah and i mean for the for the near term uh you know we were uh, uh basically a lot of our our food uh production plans have been um pushed back by by health issues um of the the people living because like you know we're, we're also i i get i think we're all here because we're all people who need healing yeah <laughs> yeah so um but uh you know we, we were gonna start with with like again you know flock of chickens which like that's mission accomplished we've got we've got uh some hens they're they're good layers so you know our, our own eggs produced on the the, the property are, are pretty magical but uh we were uh, trying to start with some raised garden beds and uh, starting a, a fruit orchard, and we have not been able to to get to that uh, this year. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you know, hopefully, in in you know uh, coming years, we'll be uh, getting more uh, um, meat chickens. Um, probably going to use a, a chicken chicken tractor to uh, pasture those instead of uh, doing a any kind of feedlot kind of arrangement. Right. And. Uh, uh, we'll be looking at at getting uh, um, a cow or two, uh, some some goats. Mm -hmm. You know, just like starting small, developing our skills for a while. Because uh, you know, we're we're definitely like, I mean, 
we're we're either city folk or you know have have gone city folk like i I was country once and like Mm -hmm. i'm getting a little bit of it back but it's you know it's it's slow coming and we do have we're focused now on building our solar farm solar installation installation so we're basically off grid we have our own water source and now we're going to have solar and um, batteries to store the power nice yeah. Yep, nice, nice forty-eight kilowatt uh, solar array uh, going in. Uh, probably, probably commissioned in the next month. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, very cool. Very cool. Well, I think that's wise taking it slowly. Um, you know, the, there's actually, you know, one of the, you know, the permaculturalists. One of their pieces of advice is, before you really do any kind of, especially food production, just kind of like wait a year, just kind of how how all the seasons play out, and that yeah. helps figure out where to place things and and all of that but i you know i'm on my fourth year and um yeah uh it's it's been slow going as well but i i also came in not knowing how to do anything really and so yeah yeah i mean uh i wasn't i was more i guess i would i don't know if i was a city person it was more like a small town person but uh didn't really grow up doing any of these things and, and you, we have to learn right and yeah. you need to like um you, you need a little bit of margin for error uh, I think when yes. you get, uh, you yeah, get absolutely. I, I I got citified enough at one point to look at a a gravel road and call it a dirt road, which is like that's that's just <laughs> very very embarrassing to me. Like as if I don't know the difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, have you have you met uh, any any of the neighbors or people in that area? And yeah, like do you do you feel good vibes? from them or is it um yeah how, how do you how do you see kind of the relationships developing with with the broader community uh the the neighbors we've you know talked to a little bit uh, and you know yeah we've, we've met uh, various people around and they're all you know they're basically you know friendly minnesota folk um you know the people we deal with the most are like people that that were uh like requesting services from around the there there are some um some Amish in the area that uh, did a lot of uh, maintenance on the uh, the house when it was a B and B, and we've you know continued some of the, some of those relationships. Um, yeah, I, they're all nice people. I think we don't have a lot in common with them, but they they're nice they're nice people. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And like because really like the 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 place is the it's the kind of place that has a whole ecosystem of people keeping it uh, keeping it running. Yeah, yeah. So, so right now there's four of you, and I, I know, um, forget her name, but I, I, I mutuals with 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 the uh, with the woman, uh, Jen, and Jimmy and, is her, her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her husband. Um, yeah, I see all her all of her photos talking about she's she's working at the the chicken processing farm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, picking yeah. up picking up skills that way. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, um, so are you, are you planning to kind of keep it just like that? Or are you, are you planning to bring more people in or, or how, how are you thinking like kind of in terms of just the social structure for the next say 10 years? Um, definitely planning to bring more people in. Yeah. Um, we're, we're kind of like, we're easing into it real, real slow. Cause like, we don't, we don't want to just like bring people in willy nilly and have them, you know, disrupt our vibe or, or anything. Right. Right. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I definitely need more manpower around this place. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm also coming into my confidence now as I I discovered that I was. Is this appropriate for this? <laughs> sure. I, I I discovered that I was really into um, doming guys, and kind of like a 
I did, I was doing a lot of shadow work a year or two ago and um, where I was getting into more sadistic stuff, but um, illness has taught me a lot. The long COVID has taught me a lot and almost dying last yeah. year taught me a lot. And one of, one of the things that it taught me or the primary thing it taught me was that I really have a need to leave the world a better place than had I not been born. Um, and so I'm kind of exploring this almost like a healing kind of mommy dom thing. Like and, a, a matriarch of the, of this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like a loving dom type thing. And Dotting I people into being healed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and working on our farm or really uh, more, more like paying for, it would be like an executive retreat for a weekend or maybe a week where I would just focus on this, this guy's needs and attend to his mental and spiritual and physical well-being and sort of push him into becoming a better person. Yeah. Um, and that, that would be kind of, uh, you know, these wouldn't be permanent residents, but this, this place is really ideal for retreats and we could even have groups because I'm also doing guided meditation and yeah and you might want to participate in that too mm -hmm. yeah we could do retreat groups only. though I mean you know that's that's you know something a little separate from yeah, additional permanent a, residents which we, we definitely additionally want those yeah. yes yeah. yeah so because of that oh sorry I brought that up because I thought if I developed more long-term relationships with male submissives, um, they might want to stay here and yeah. help us with work because we sort of need farm hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or handymen, right? Yes. Right. We absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, and do you see like um, in terms of, I guess, do you have, are, are you thinking in terms of like, uh you know in terms of your kind of you know diagnosis about society and and it's becoming you know things are becoming more and more vulnerable to various kinds of collapse um do, do you see do you see kind of like a sense of urgency of like we have to get something done in the next few years or you think, think you just are using it more in like the next few decades and you can kind of like you know evolve this and you know as unexpected events occur of course you'll respond to that but um you you know that i i you know how the way i see it is like you know in, in some ways i'm trying to be anti-fragile you know as to have mm -hmm. less to say of like when there are uh unexpected events like it you know I, I come out of it stronger right and the place i'm developing in the community comes out of it stronger and i, and I kind of feel that way with with covid like with covid was home a lot um i had a lot of time to work you know work on on the little farm uh and i felt i felt great you know being outside all the time and so yeah and so how do you how do you see i guess both the the evolution of your little society that you're creating and the evolution or say devolution of the larger society i think we're we have the feeling that we have some time to work um it's you know if if that's my I, sense as well yeah, the, the like you know our our 
Doom Horizon is like not not that close. We kind of have our eyes on 2032. Oh yes, I was gonna say that that was my I've cast my lots that at least there will be some sort of uh we won't be living in the same world by 2032. Yeah, why why that year in particular? Because I had a vision, a dream. Okay, okay, yeah. Year. Yeah. Well, now now that's lodged in the back of my mind and it's gonna drive <laughs> some decisions. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, you know, if, if we hyperstition it hard enough, I'm sure we can get a collapse in 2032. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't 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 say that too many times, or else people will blame you for it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, <laughs> no, that's no, absolutely no. true. Right. Uh, yeah, like I, I I feel like like we don't like we're not in in panic mode, uh, right. you know, trying to get all of our stuff arranged like you know this this very minute. Yes, but uh, we're not wasting time either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's good. That's kind of how I've approached it as well. Like, I, I, I think in terms of like one, two, three decades, and I, I don't think I, I don't think I would make good decisions if I was in panic mode. Um, it, it's, it's nice to feel a little bit leisurely but focused at the same time. Uh, yeah. About, about it. Nice. I think one of the one of the things we need to heal in general is just a relaxation of the you know nonstop panic mode. <laughs> right. And just the speed of society, because yeah. my best friend ever, except for chaos, um, was my grandmother. Um, she was closer to me than my mother was, and yeah. she died. She was ninety two. She was born in two thousand. I'm sorry, born in nineteen fourteen. And I asked her when she was in her late 80s, I said, what's changed the most about society since you were a teenager and in your 20s? And she said, just the speed of everything. Right. It's ridiculous. It's not healthy. It's yeah, not we're very good at doing stupid things faster. <laughs> <laughs> but we make it up in volume. Mm. Yeah. Right, right. There we go. There we go. Uh, well, I'm curious, uh, uh, chaos. Uh, kind of uh I, I know I, I believe you have like a day job you're in you're in some kind of some kind of programming um and you're you're probably you know have thoughts about artificial intelligence and and kind of you know where you see like AI you know might be an example of either you know breakthrough new technologies that are very beneficial or just doing stupid things you know orders of magnitude faster he did have a day job yeah yeah I, I kind of don't I mean, the closest thing I have to a day job now is is that I'm I'm doing uh, basically part time programming work on uh, Caves of Cud. Uh, okay, Caves of Cud, as the <laughs> the, the other guys on the team uh, pronounce it. Uh, uh, okay, but uh, that uh, that doesn't take up that that terribly much of my my time at this point. Mostly, my day job is like moving sandbags around. I know. <laughs> um, which you know, I mean, yeah, you know, as, as you say, you know, it's it's real good for you and whatnot. Like, and I, I've I've really been enjoying all the the firsts, like you know, my my first time grading a, a driveway uh, and whatnot, and like, I don't know, uh, just you know, it feels good to to get these these uh, activities under my belt. Yeah, sure. yeah, a lot of firsts going on out here. Yeah, sure. I feel like I, I feel like I'm probably in the best shape of my life. I'm forty um it's it's definitely you know healed a lot of psychological issues that i had um do, do you so you do you think uh you have a good pretty good balance of like intellectual stuff i'm sure twitter's a good outlet for that as well and then yeah. kind of this embodied this embodied kind of physical work 
I feel like the the embodiment is you know the the pendulum is a little heavy on that side right now. Like like I feel like my intellect is kind of resting a little bit, but it, I think it needed to. So that's mm -hmm. fine. Right. Right. Cool. Cool. And so what's a what's the day in the life for both of you? Is that is there a day in the life, or is it just kind of like constantly changing? Or yeah, I'm curious, just kind of a day in the life of bootstrapping this place up. Um, yeah, what's the what's the well I. It's hard because um, it's hard to say because I just recently recovered from the long COVID and I've been going through, I've been going through firsts, like about a month ago was my first week out of bed. And then yeah. now, and then, and then the week after that, I finally, I'm 42. I finally figured out how to write well, because I intend to be on Twitter and participate with chaos, like a power couple that I hadn't been able to because I had a lot of communication issues and just instability in my life. So um, I am having all these firsts, like as I recover, um, I'm able to do more and more. And unfortunately I wasn't able to support him while I was sick. So I have become just more and more abilities are unlocking for me that I haven't had access to in really since I was in my twenties. Um, so that is, things are improving because of that. And I, I am so lucky and chaos is so lucky yeah. that he doesn't have to <laughs> take care of me anymore like that. Uh, Definitely not as much. Yeah. So things, we don't really know. We know things are going in a really wonderful direction, but we don't know exactly what the day-to-day -day world is going to look like once I'm in, you know, full, com fully in commission. Yeah. Right, right. Peak dominatrix mode. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not with not with <laughs> my husband though. Um, no, we don't do that. No. Yeah. Uh, I guess you know uh, a day in the life for me often uh, looks a lot like it's kind of like patrolling around the house and the property, uh, like trying to move projects along, trying to like keep entropy at bay, um, like. I, I might be uh, going out to to like there's this chunk of the driveway uh, that's uh, uh, been a big problem because right before the property was sold, they put in a new septic field to get it up to code. And uh, so they had to dig across the driveway. And, you know, the, the first that we found out that this was going to have consequences was a vehicle just like in like last November, just like sliding entirely off of oh, yeah, the driveway and having to to call AAA to get it back on. We're like, and you know, this one section kept being a problem. And it was like, what's, what's, why is this one section worse than everything else? And then we like, like looked at the geometry, like, oh, that's where they dug the septic line. Um, so like, I've been patching that up, uh, you know, uh, every, every couple of days for, for approximately forever. Um, yes. And like, <laughs> you really need to get that permanently fixed somehow i mean i think i think i think it's i think it's basically getting there um okay. once i you know once i talked to the guy who was uh looking at maybe paving the driveway with asphalt and he was like well the reason you're not getting pack in here is you don't have enough fines so i started putting sand in it um it's starting to develop a pack that i, I think it'll it'll be okay before too much longer but you know yeah just like and 
you know, I don't know, uh, the other day I was, I was out uh, with a propane torch uh, burning weeds in the, uh, the cracks of the, the different, you know, patios and pavements and, and whatnot. And we had our security yeah. system installed. Yes, we just got a, our, our uh, set of security cameras around the place uh, installed with like uh, motion sensing in a couple of places so that when a car comes up the driveway, we get a, a, a notification on our phones. So super, you know, kind of well. nifty. Um, how about i'm curious like managing oh yeah, yeah. go on go on, go on. i was thinking about i could say what an ideal day would look like for me once i'm fully i still have to get a treatment um if anyone out there listening has some symptoms of like wired and tired or uh sorry this is a tangent but it's really important don't go for it wired and tired or overactive sympathetic nervous system long covid that sort of thing um part of that could be a hypertrophied stellate ganglion and um there's a treatment for that it's a it's it covers ptsd poor sleep chronic neuralgia um a lot of these sorts of hard to treat conditions by stopping the excess sympathetic nervous system activity and the fight or flight mode and i'm going to get that in a month and i i believe fully that after that i'll be 100 percent functional as long as that treatment lasts and i might have to get go back and get another but i will be 100 percent functional by then i truly believe that you know now i'm like back to my usual 50 percent when i was like five before yeah. and now i'm like around 50 of a normal person but my ideal day, once I get all that functionality back, will be to do some energy healing, lead some meditations, uh, do some body work, um, and organize and reach out to people, um, potential residents, or especially people that are interested in retreats, and plan, you know, plan for our future. Um, since I basically am the one that sort of, I guess I'm the visionary and the founder, whatever. Um, and and chaos here can also, um, you know, share ideas for where where he wants things to go. And um, that's my ideal day. Um, I feel like I'm going to be less involved in the day to day workings of the house and more in what I was talking about strategic, um, direction. strategic direction and doing my, my healing practice mm -hmm. and chaos ideally will not be moving bags and <laughs> <laughs> we'll have someone to do that work. And what would you be doing if you didn't have, ideally, if you didn't have to do that work? Uh, if I didn't have to do that work. Um, hmm. Well, I I definitely want to get back into the uh, the the intellectual stuff going on. Um, I you know I, I should I've I've been working on getting our our server rack together and whatnot. I really should get uh, some uh, GPU workstations into it so I can uh, do some some AI research on the, mm -hmm. the premises and whatnot. Because you know uh, the only thing that can stop a, a bad guy with an AI is a good guy with an AI. So. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, say say more about that. Um, yeah, what's your background in AI, and, and like, what, where do you where do you see this all fitting into this kind of narrative of you know doom and what you're trying to do? Like, where do you see AI fitting in there? Uh, let's see the 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 background. It's kind of funny because um, 
when I was the first, when I went to a brick and mortar college uh, way back in the day, uh, my, my major was actually AI. It was a interdisciplinary oh. major between uh, computer science, philosophy, and psychology. Um, and I, I learned absolutely nothing about actual AI before I, before I dropped out. Uh, oh, wow. but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, I've, I've, I've done some, some like uh, independent like research, just like, you know, using basic textbooks to build my own backpropagation neural nets and uh, whatnot as, you know, just to, to teach myself some stuff. So I've got like a, a little bit of an, an intuitive feel for uh, what's, what's going on there. But um, I, hmm, I don't think that the Yudkowsky uh, AI doom situation is, is going to happen. I don't think that, uh, you know, we're just going to get a, uh, artificial super intelligence foom that is going to eat everything and convert us all to paper clips. Um, where is this, where is this blind spot there? Do you, do you have a sense of that? Um, hmm. he's kind of just coming at it from this very abstract angle that elides like all the details and yeah, I'd say he's lacking in the physical awareness we were talking about. Yeah. And, and like, you know, people who are actually working in AI will, you know, like observe this about him routinely that like he like kind of developed his concept of what was going on with AI based on what is our, basically archaic uh, AI approaches at this point. Uh, these these like cognitive symbolic uh, kind of things that that like, and, you know, if you if you're reasoning based on what you imagine those would do, you're kind of not really doing anything that relevant to what like very large backpropagation nets do um and <clears throat> i don't know it, it's the the less wrong style in general uh just loves to draw logical connections that elide like all of the grit um mm -hmm. and yeah. but like a lot lives in the grid like you know sensitive dependence on initial conditions you know, like you know, it tells us that the grit matters. Um, and I guess that's, that's kind of the, the core of like, why I don't think those, you know, that kind of thing is, is going to happen. And, and it's also kind of, there's a, there's a fairly specific, like, nerd emotional orientation thing involved where like, if your whole life is based on your intelligence, uh, you kind of become like intellect altruist. Um, you you like yeah. want to believe that that like if you were just smart enough, you could solve any problem. Um, and that just isn't actually how intelligence works. You can't just turn up the 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 the, the gain on it and you know become omnipotent. Um, and the you know the the terror of the artificial superintelligence is is kind of based on the idea that you can just turn up the gain and you know and you and you will get a an intelligence that is that is capable of you know of of solving any problem um, and in the course of you know unlimitedly solving whatever problem it decides to will like murder us in some fashion which you know if you take you know given the premise that's pretretty likely but the premise isn't valid I don't think yeah so. <laughs> I share I share chaos's intuition even though I'm not familiar with the field 
Um, I have read a lot about it in the context of my philosophy studies. And I always had a sense that Yudkowsky and people like him were exactly the type of people I mentioned earlier that are kind of blind to things outside of the human world. Mm -hmm. um, and really, AI, we think of it as inhuman or non-human or post-human, but really, it's one of the most human things mm -hmm. in, my, in my mind. Mm. And so are you contrasting when you say the human world, are you contrasting that with, with kind of more of a spiritual or the kind of magic or um, something else? Um, I'm contrasting it with the physical world, the biosphere, okay. yeah. um, intelligence, intelligences beyond Earth, even the spiritual world, um, just basically everything that is not characteristic of the human mind and look what we train ai on just yeah. reams and reams of productions of the human mind right yeah, that's true so okay that doesn't necessarily mean that i don't think that ai will contribute to some sort of collapse because yeah. i think one of the one of the main things that widespread deployment of ai is going to wind up doing is making everything kind of crappier and more fragile um, oh interesting wow okay so that's that's different than what some people would hope for yeah, um, I, 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 you know, I think there will be gains. I think there will be things that that it makes a lot nicer uh, in various ways, um, but that a lot of the, you know, on the ground effects of deployment are going to be profoundly disappointing. Um, right. So, so for kind of uh, grafting this to the conversation before about kind of distributed tech, uh, do you see and 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 your work with AI and and your, your future work with AI, do you see practical applications of it in, in, the, in the kind of project you're doing or similar types of projects? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I mean, just like, you know, coding assistance is, is you know, somewhat useful. Um, you know, in, in, I think in the, the hands of a unskilled programmer, it might, you know, be worse than, uh, yeah. Than, than not having it, but but still, like you know, there's there's potential there, and yeah, there's there's you know a lot of dimensions of of analysis and like you know automatable response that um, it can it can definitely like free up uh, resources and cognition for you know for things that are you know more useful. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't want to say that it isn't going to help because I think it is going to help, but like yeah, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm a, a mixed optimist uh, on that i guess okay okay yeah it was i i just thought of something when we uh doomer optimists like uh i am not quite optimistic enough to call myself a doomer optimist i would <laughs> call myself a doomer strategist okay. okay yeah right right okay so so let me this just brought up an idea so the strategy so that presumably implies kind of understanding the the broader context that you're in the the state the the country the the world and all mm -hmm. the different cross currents um how do you how do you both uh, you know uh, twitter is is obviously i think one you know one source but like what's your kind of what's your strategy for kind of global intelligence let's just say that that is directly relevant to kind of decisions you make um you know at your place well, we are planning on um, putting up a shortwave tower, right? 
right? Yeah, yeah. The shortwave tower is one of the the, the many little construction projects going on. Um, I think Jason means in a, in a kind of more more general uh, oh, way that like okay, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I, like how do how do we how do we like perceive what's going on in the world and decide how to respond to that? Is that the question? Yeah, yeah. Oh, just just to kind of like understand okay whether you know maybe you you get it inside of there might be a shortage or something in six months and so then you stock up on that or you know or or some kind of security threat or whatever it happens to be yeah i think reading twitter is definitely oh, one of the, yes, one yes. Of our main uh things mm -hmm. for that like you know you can yeah. definitely catch a lot of waves uh happening on twitter and like there's right. you know there's a few newsletters that we read here and there yeah, uh, from, yeah. uh various people but like i guess you know, we don't necessarily spend a lot of time doing that kind of monitoring because like we're i think we're largely focused on doing things that will be useful no matter what happens exactly exactly that's why i was saying rebuild before the collapse yeah yes and like kind of the the original like direction of neolithic renaissance was the idea of trying to do things that would like reduce the likelihood of collapse, but also be yes. prepared for it in the event exactly. that it happens. Exactly. Yeah. Which kind of that that goes to the like, you know, trying to to heal and like mm -hmm. help help improve the the capacities of of individual humans. Because mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the more like the more people we have who aren't walking wounded, uh, the yeah. better off we'll be. Yeah, and you know, you find a lot of very misanthropic people among doomers. And I think about that a lot because I am not a misanthrope. I, I'm a strong advocate of breaking free of the human only, the you know, endless focus on on the human world. But I don't hate humanity. I love humanity. But I think I think modern techno-industrial, global techno-industrial long supply chain, automated, monocropped civilization has reduced humans to fractions of, of, of what they could be in terms of joy, in terms of meaning and depth. And um, I think that's where a lot of, and in, ter in terms of sociality, like it's made us more antisocial. And I think when people like doomers hate humans, what they're talking about is what this lifestyle has made of us, not what we really are. Yeah. And I would like to help make humans what they're made to be, which is a wonderful thing. Make humans great again. Yeah. Great again. Nice. Yeah. That's, I think that's, um, I love that point. I mean, cause I, it can definitely, it, it can be psychologically tricky to, to one, see kind of the current trajectories of society, you know, let's just say global techno, you know, industrial civilization, as you say, and say, okay, this is, you know, this is fragile. Uh, and so start preparing for what the alternative would be, but to do that without starting, yeah, like you said, starting to hate humanity or, you know, I, I, I like when people use the term like the herd for all of humans, you know, I, I, I just cringe. Um, or you start hoping for collapse because it'll, it'll verify, you know, mm -hmm. maybe predictions you had and I think that's a very dark um that could be a very dark psychological valley to get yourself into yeah. um, word and it's, it's part of why I you know why I really liked your the term you know um uh what was it prepare before the collapse or rebuild yeah because because there's there's the rebuilding that's happening now and mm -hmm. you know as you said chaos 
you know, perhaps it will buffer it or it'll, you know, I, you know, I, I, I see possibilities of a graceful kind of transition, you know, that, that I, I think we won't avoid globally various collateral damages. We already aren't avoiding it. I mean, it's happening every day, but, you know, there's more and less graceful ways to, to kind of transition. And I, you know, that's, that's, for me, seeing myself as trying to promote that more graceful transition helps me stay out of that that again, psychological valley that gets very, very dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, so, okay, so we have about uh, 10, 12 minutes or so before we should wrap up. Um, are there any uh, any other topics that, that, you, that, that you wanna talk about or, or questions that I should have asked that that, that you can you know, ask yourself or, yeah, how should we, how should we make use of those last 12 minutes or so? Well, I'm sure like two minutes after it's over, I'll be like, oh my God, the <laughs> thing that I think about all the time. But yeah. what do you think? Well, I, you know, I, I feel like we've, we've covered uh, a lot of the high points. Um, let's see. Yeah. We covered all of the juicy low points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I guess like, like one thing that, that, you know, I was talking about like, you know, the, having the, the, the hot tub that we have in the, the garden went on. Like one thing we're, we're definitely not doing is like kind of going in a, in a aesthetic direction. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> like we, we want, we want to have nice things. We want to, you know, we want to try and arrange to keep the nice things as long as we can, if, if, you know, things go horribly and whatnot. Um, and like, I guess, you know, asceticism seems to be like a common direction. Right. Yeah, this kind of thing, like, oh. like, and and I guess it 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 like you know goes to the to the the prefiguration that you were talking about the prefigurative politics and so forth. Yeah, um, but and like, it goes along with the misanthropy too. Yeah, you think so? The, the, A bit, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. yeah if, if you're if you're gonna be like, like you know, Uncle Ted about it. Um, well, sort of like you know, almost there's I I detect a bit of like self punishment. Like I too mm. am guilty of destroying the biosphere. So. I'm going to make sure I don't do any more of it. And I. Okay. Yeah, I guess I can see that. People that live aesthetically tend to talk about humans negatively. It's been just a pattern I've noticed. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Do you see that, Jason? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, what I observe in kind of the Doomer Optimism Network is people we tend to try and draw the pretty kind of pragmatic people. Um, you know, we have some people who are kind of like really off grid and kind of really, really roughing it. But a lot of it is just, you know, it's, it's not, it's not so much kind of this religious uh, justification uh, or pseudo religious justification. It's just more practical. Like, well, we just don't have a lot of money and we really want to just right. get established. And so, yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We're washing, you know, our clothes in the river because, you know, this we, we wanted to get on the land right away. We didn't want to wait until we had more money. So it tends to be more pragmatic. Um, gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, my my view generally, and I think that's this is generally the view of the network, is that, you know, we want to figure out how to preserve the nice things of modernity, even if we yeah. see yeah. it's fatally flawed in, in various ways, right? It's not a con con total trash heap uh you know there's right. many gems of modernity and we should we should we should value those uh not taking them for granted and 
and see how we can preserve them in a very different, uh, you know, very different future. And but also with with the um, the ability to discern, you know, what isn't, you know, what are what is a bathwater of modernity, and and can we how can we you know untangle ourselves from from that? And so and and but people have different views on on that as well, right? Like yeah. some, some people mm -hmm. what they want to preserve and, and what they want to discard and and can you preserve certain things you know while discarding others that that's a, that's kind of a technical question right of like yeah. well we want nice things but then do we need the you know do we need the supply chains that we don't like to get them and and that becomes kind of a interesting conversation but it's it's an interesting conversation it's not like one way just scrap it all or the other yeah 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 and we, yeah we're yeah. very much aligned with that yeah oh we, we could uh, plug the you know the that tv show that was uh, an inspiration to you um oh there's, right there's this tv show called tribes of europa yes um, it is a, a very you know it's it's a you know a fun little uh you know post-collapse uh kind of story where like uh, you know as the title indicates toward the theme there's a bunch of different little uh ways of life that have uh, sprung up and people you know uh taking different elements of the the, the pre-collapse world and and building on them mm -hmm. and uh uh, and there's a mysterious faction in there called, called the Atlanteans who like, you know, are like very hidden and like, but like somehow still have this like ridiculous ultra tech. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. And so on. And like that, that's, that's what we would like. We would like to be the Atlanteans. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we're the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it will, you know, well, I, I see kind of two possible, you know, trajectories. Like one is kind of a, a patchwork of like you're going to have the the more let's just say Amish you know Luddite end and, and you're going to have you know the the high-tech low-tech kind of fusion um the Atlanteans you know on the other end and of course the other trajectory is is that in some kind of uh post-collapse uh, it just becomes you know uh very authoritarian um yeah it's not a patchwork. It, it actually yes, and I have say so, something to say, yeah. <laughs> something to say about that. Um, I feel that it's really essential that we're doing what we're doing right now and networking because yeah. in the future there is going to be there are going to be factions. There are going to be tiny little city states. We might be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you might be one of them, and and I think keeping a solid line of communication and connection with other people that are doing some similar things is the best way to protect against fascism and authoritarianism post-collapse. Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And even, even, even now, um, I mean, that's a big part of how I see doom or optimism project is just, just building these networks, you know, relationships, you know, uh, I, I think it'll be, you know that's that's the thing that's going to be different than than the past uh is is you know as, as long as we have the internet hopefully for a long time of being able to have these kind of more horizontal networks that can kind of support each other in various ways and you know as well as spur kind of mutual innovation that that you know that that affordance is 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 kind of what gives me hope that okay like maybe we can have this future this kind of pluralistic future where kind of different societies are doing their own thing and they're trading with each other and but um but it's it's pretty it's pretty cool <laughs> it's pretty chill uh mm -hmm. people aren't trying to 
take over take over the world or if they do they're uh they're prevented from doing that yeah 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 that that like i I, it just warms my heart to think about that because it just feels like like very practically anarchistic and like Mm -hmm. you know there's there's so much impractical anarchism going around that like it's like you know like okay guys like i love where your heart is but come on yeah um right yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I think where the practical one side of the practical anarchism for me is that there are going to be, you know, not every not every society is going to be perfectly egalitarian. Some will be more hierarchical, some will be more egalitarian. And and there will have to be kind of, you know, like a, a trade-off between what's ideal and what's and 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 what's viable, right? And and that's going to be, I think, an evolutionary process, a learning process of like how each community, society figures out how they how they deal with with power structures um in, in a healthy way mm-hmm. uh, without you know overly idealistic you know notions of you know what that you know what what that might mean that just that that, that don't actually <laughs> make sense in the world yeah. yeah yeah that is a tough one that can be really ruin communities if it doesn't work out yeah 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 no that's and that i, I i'll be interested to follow follow your progress um because there's I, I i like that you're kind of taking your time and and kind of just going slowly because i i think that the most of the kind of big village projects that uh, try and design all at once will will okay. fail or, right yeah. like they have investors and and all that and right yeah and and they're just there's not enough space for for evolution right like you you need kind of Hmm. You need a, degrees of freedom to figure out as you go along. Yeah, yeah we need we need to let the pro- project grow organically instead of like trying to right you know, top down design exactly. it all from from day exactly. one. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, this is uh this has been lovely. Um, oh, I've really enjoyed talking with both of you. Uh, any any last words? Uh, this was just really wonderful to be able to talk about my project. I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's been great. Cool. Thanks right. for having us. Yeah. You. Yeah. Well, well, maybe we'll 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 do another one of these maybe in a couple of years or so and mm-hmm. cool. check in. Yeah, yeah. Check a progress check. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. All right. Take care. You Me too. too. Bye. Bye.